This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Indoors or out, fall, winter, spring, and summer, whenever you garden, wherever you garden, this is the show that covers it all. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And yours truly, Frank Proctor. Hi there. Good morning. And good morning. From Grace, a uh, big wave out. Because <laughs> she doesn't have a microphone. Well, yes. she has, but we won't let her use it. That's no, correct. No. For so a reason. When our little theme was playing, Charlie, um, I'm sitting here rubbing hemp hand protector on my hands. Yeah, just don't be licking your co- fingers. <laughs> <laughs> you nut bar. Jeez. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, okay, sorry. No, my hands are, cr- you know, cold and, and dry. My crack. hands crack. And yep. oh my, my uh, index finger here, my right hand, I can't write. I can't grab a pen. It hurts too much. Don't worry. You can just type. Oh, okay. Okay. But, All right. But, you know, uh, the same thing happens to my yeah. husband. Dry, yeah. dry, dry. Knuckles cracked. Oh, yeah. I got him some really strong, good quality cream like you're yep. using and little cotton gloves. And he wears his little cotton gloves to bed at night. He looks a bit like a valet when he goes to bed. But, but it works. It really works. <laughs> oh, the image is too much. Yeah, I know. Ah, Don't dear. think about it. No, no. But, I, <laughs> I dare But it really does work. He, You know, he wakes up in his hands. There's a, yeah. It holds that lotion yeah. into the into the well, sure. Well, that's a good idea. It's a good idea. So go, just do it. Get yourself just some little cotton gloves. L- little cotton gloves. I'll do that. Right. Meantime, I'm going to give a little phone number on the air here, and mm-hmm. I've got them written down. I was able to write without my, using my, is that ever funny, trying to write without using your index finger <laughs> to hold the pen? Okay. Uh, phone number for the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. She is the brains. I am LeBron. I'm told two minutes to air. That's what she says to me. Um, <laughs> the phone number for those of you in Toronto, 416 360 740. And uh, those uh, anywhere else in the province, those of you listening anywhere, it's uh, 1-866-740-4740. So there you are. All right. A couple announcements. Yeah. We are coming up to that time of year where things start to get rocking and rolling in the gardening world. Yeah. Hard to believe when it's this cold. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I tell you, I was blinded by a big yellow orb this morning I, when I drove out of my garage. I don't know what that was. Had to put on my sunglasses and then thought, oh my gosh, that's the sun. <laughs> the days are getting lighter. Long, they are longer yeah. and brighter. It's a beautiful, beautiful, bright, clear, crisp day. Uh, and of course, as I mentioned, lots going on. A couple of the Hort Societies get in touch with me consistently right. to tell me about mm-hmm. upcoming events. Uh, so right away, the Scarborough Garden and Hort Society is having a general meeting and a free lecture this Tuesday, January 12th, starts at 7.30 p.m. The speaker is Paul Needler, and he's talking on water conservation and rainwater collection. Oh. The meeting, of course, is at the regular location, Scarborough Village Community Centre, which is at 3600 Kingston Road, right at the corner of Mark. Road uh, in Scarborough. So that's a a good one and a free one. Go check it out if you're interested in rainwater conservation. 
Meanwhile, the Riverdale Hort Society is also very good at staying in touch and letting us know what's going on. Uh, as a matter of fact, I just received a nice little package in the mail from I saw Heather yeah. Sinopoli. Beautiful photos yep. mounted onto cards to be sent out. Yeah, you know, what, what a I'm, nice touch. A lovely touch. Yep. Thank you so much. Big shout out. Thank you to Heather. And thank you for the information that she sends to us. Uh, they, they're having a meeting this Wednesday. Mm-hmm. January 13th, there's a new time for the Riverdale Hort Society uh, meetings. They're starting now at 7 p.m. So change that on your calendars. Be at the meeting for a 7 o'clock start. Again, same location, Frankland Community Centre, which is right on Logan Avenue, just south of Danforth. The speaker is Larry Shirk. He is a quite a well-known um, horticulturalist. He used to work for Sheridan's Nurseries for very, many, many years. He is a noted speaker. He's a long time, and actually, I guess a native Riverdalian is how it was native expressed. Native Riverdalian. I've never heard that either. No. But he's from, I guess, originally from Riverdale. <laughs> and he's presenting a slideshow on, this is a great subject, Compact plants for small gardens and small spaces. Mm. And as Heather commented, this is exactly what Riverdale Gardens are all about and lots of areas throughout the city. So if you're interested in, you know, compact plants for small gardens, 7 p.m. this Wednesday, Frankland Community Centre. Again, another one, Burlington Hort Society is having a general meeting this Wednesday, 7.30. Mm-hmm. Location, Seniors Centre. 2285 New Street at Drury Lane in Burlington. And the speaker uh, is Tony Post. He's quite a great guy. Uh, he's doing the subject of hardy tropical plants. He's the one who set me up with the hardy bam- um, banana plant. He <clears throat> from St. Catharines, from Broadway Gardens years oh, ago. Oh, yes, yeah. And a uh, great guy. Anyway, he, um, hardy tropical plants. So, you know, he's going to be talking about the banana belt type plants, plants that can survive if you're in those nice uh, sort of uh, areas. And Burlington is warmer, certainly, mm-hmm. than even where mm-hmm. we are. Uh, so I, I'd have easy going of it in St. Catharines. You would. Yeah. It's, I mean, gosh, you probably don't have snow there. Oh, right yeah. Now. No, we, we <laughs> <laughs> you beat us. <laughs> I'm telling you. We, <laughs> got, we got a little bit of snow and, you know, it's cold. Yeah, it's really Ooh. cold. So, everybody is welcome to any of these meetings. If I haven't mentioned your community, remember, Go to www.gardenontario.org. Look up mm. your community, see what's going on, join a Hort Society, meet great people, and have some fun. Well, there you go. Okay, we're going to be back in just a moment here at the uh, Garden Show. Again, I'm going to repeat those phone numbers for Toronto, 416-360-0740. Out of town, anywhere in the province, Moses picks up the tab. 1-866-744-740 for the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. Back to talk to Keith in Kitchener in just a moment. Transplanting good ideas from one gardener to another. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And welcome back. Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden. And here. I appreciate all your sueiness. Well, How's that? <laughs> sous chefiness. Oh, my sueiness. Oh, my God. That sounded like sewage. Well, no, I didn't mean that. Oh, okay. Oh, I want to just appreciate you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, let's zip off to... Uh, no, we'll... we'll uh, Clobber, clobber, no. I'm Clamour. trying to come up with an alliteration for Keith and Kitchener. Oh. <laughs> so I'll keep my mouth shut and away you go, Keith. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Morning, Keith. <laughs> yes, last week I was listening to the radio and a lady said she had an African violet in her bathroom that had been quite old mm-hmm. and developed burn spots. Mm-hmm. I had the same thing happen, only it was in a spare bedroom mm-hmm. where my daughter visited once in a while. Mm-hmm. And she was using a lot of hairspray, 
Oh. In the bedroom. The nursery stopped, the broom spot stopped on the plants. Huh, isn't that now a good little comment? The leaves that were on there never, ever got rid of the brown spots. No, no, you won't. Because the new ones came out. They were they fine. They no longer had the brown spots. Well, there so you I go. I blame the hairspray on it. I think that was a wise uh, <laughs> decision, like a wise choice to recognize. No, that's great. That's, that's great. There's little droplets, I think, yep. on the... Sure. Leaves. No plant is going to like hairspray, I'll tell you right now. And, uh, and just minuscule amounts. Maybe using hairspray yeah. or maybe a spray deodorant. Or even one of those um, air freshener things yeah. that spritzes, you yeah, know. That could be it too. Yep. Who knows? That's, no, that's a great comment. I appreciate that, Keith. And I hope that, here, I'll just look back and see but who I that was. I have them in every window in, in the house. And that's northeast, south, and west. Uh, and they all seem to do wonderful. Oh, very good. Well, thank you so much. So I can use you as an African violet expert when my mother's not available? <laughs> Here she goes again. She gets into more trouble doing this. Well, I wanted to call in last week, but I was on the road, so I couldn't very well call when I was driving. Well, <laughs> good point. Thanks good point. for waiting okay. a whole week to do thanks that. Thanks for calling, Keith. Right. Bye-bye. Take well, care now. Bye-bye. And, and Keith yeah. was referring to Pat last week. Pat, who called from Grafton. So hopefully she's listening and heard that, because that might just spark that something for her might, as well. Might be it. Good stuff. All Thanks right. again. Uh, off to Alliston to talk to Richard. Hi. Good morning, Richard. How are you? Good. How morning. About, how about you? Uh, we're fine up here. A little bit of snow. A little bit of chilliness, <laughs> I would think, too. Um, I live in a condo area where the houses are sort of close together and the uh, streets are narrow and they use a lot of salt. Mm -hmm. And when the snow plow comes by, of course, uh, after the salt, that salt and snow goes on your grass and plants. Mm -hmm. And I just wondered if there was any chemical or fertilizer or whatever that can be put on to neutralize this in the spring. I'm calling a little early. No, it's a great question. Uh, and your time, nothing, you know, never too early to talk about this one. And you're right. Like, is there a chemical or is there a fertilizer? Actually, it's exactly the opposite. What you use to neutralize salt on any of your garden plants or that edge of the roadway where it always is just horrible in the spring is water. It's it's all about just plain straight water because the salt or, you know, in some cases it's not even sodium chloride that they're putting on the roads. But one way or the other, it is a form of a salt that they use to help melt the snow. And you need to neutralize that. And it's only water that will do that for you. So you just pour lots and lots of water on. If we're not getting a lot of good rain in the spring after the snow melts, you know, we need lots of rain. And if we don't get it, get your hose out and just get water happening there. And that will neutralize and and move that salt through the soil so that it's not there being a toxic presence burning and killing the plants. Oh, well, okay. thank you very much. You're very That's welcome. Sort of a cheap way of doing it. <laughs> well, water costs too, but it yeah. is, it's a simple way. It's, it's, you know what, it's the same solution if you have a female dog that pees in areas in the lawn and you get the little yellow dead yeah. areas. It's the exact same principle. It's the ammonia in the urine that causes the death of the grass plants. Water will water. neutralize. Newton. I see. Yep, yep. Just pour the water on. Well, thank you very much. And thanks for your call. It's a great one. Okay. Bye-bye. Say hi to Alliston for us there. Uh, we're going to take a little trip up to Collingwood. Uh, oh, Nancy. We're everywhere. I can see the ski lifts from here. <laughs> hi, hi, I Nancy. wish I was on one. Morning. <laughs> Morning, hi. Nancy. My honor is to talk to you people. It almost makes me cry. Oh. <laughs> I'm the biggest fan of Elvis in the world. I wish uh, when you come to Collingwood, I would, it would be an honor. I would take you and bring you to my house. I'd come and pick you up. Oh. 88 Cadillac with Tupelo on the license plate. Oh, really? Serious <laughs> Elvis fan. So much. <laughs> that sounds uh, like anyway, real fun. Uh, Charlie, I listen to every 
word what you said about the hibiscus mm -hmm. and no water. Mm -hmm. And the leaves are shriveled. Mm -hmm. They're, the leaves are turning yellow and they fall off. And I, I listen, but what do I do? Okay, so, I mean... <clears throat> there's a fine line between no water and too much, you know, some water. Yes, when the leaves start to get limp, I'm assuming they're green leaves on the plant. Yes. Uh, remove any yellow leaves. I do that every day. Yeah, they're I not going to come back. And, and the main thing with hibiscus, I find, is people often overwater. So the trick is let it dry to the point where the green leaves just start to get a little bit limp or a little bit um, soft. Uh, they'll lose some of their luster. Then water and water thoroughly when you do water. So enough water in the pot so it comes right out the bottom, drainage holes. Uh, give it 10, 20 minutes to absorb that water back into the soil, into the root ball. Uh, if there's excess water in the saucer, pour it out then. Uh, but meanwhile, it's a good thorough watering, even misting on a daily basis. Hibiscus love humidity, so any misting or spritzing is a very good thing for the hibiscus to keep the mites away and any problems with um, spider mites is a big one uh, that will, and white fly will often see at this time of year on our hibiscus because of the dry environment. Yeah. So humidity and misting and spritzing is all good. But yeah, don't go too far on the underwatering so that you, you know, kill the plant from lack of water. Exactly. I swear by my plant meter, I use it all the time. Mm -hmm. I must have, Elvis and I, we live in a jungle. I got about 400 plants. Wow. We got 40 African violets. Wow. And the lady with uh, the brown spot, mm -hmm. I had that a couple times too, Charlie, and I thought it was maybe uh, I'd given it too much water. Mm -hmm. um, the little green dishes underneath, mm -hmm. I fill it to the top and I don't do it another I've watered them again for another week. Yeah, good. That's exactly right. That's exactly oh, how to do it. This has been to talk to you. Oh, thank you so much for calling. You've come to calling when it's Elvis. Oh, I, the guys, uh, guys and gals from uh, AM seven forty. I'm, I'm sure will be send a bus or two every they, uh, year. Well, yes, right? yeah, yeah. I know this is not what I, I know I have to get off the phone because other people are calling. But two years ago, I followed your bus to Singhampton <laughs> <laughs> to catch up with you. Well, you know, and the bus leaves when we're on air. It usually yeah. leaves on a Saturday morning, right? When we start. They're driving away. We're waving. They're all up there in Collingwood having fun while I'm, That's, you know, working. slaving so away. <laughs> not, well, not yet. You know, we we'll, might we might work on this. We'll you know? work on yeah. it. Yeah. I'll be there to help. All right, Thanks, my love. Thanks, Nancy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I can see those ski lifts from here. I really can. <laughs> That's a cute call from Nancy. Uh, we have to take a little bit of a commercial break here, but we shall return. The Charlie Dobbin Garden Show, AM 740, and uh, we'll be back to talk to Richard Enlistable. Getting to the root of a growing dilemma. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the sous chef, Frank Proctor. Hey, good morning. Uh, phone numbers, just before we get to our call here, 416-360-0740 in Toronto. Anywhere else in the province, it is toll-free, my friends. 1-866-740-4740. And, hey, we've got a couple of lines free right now, so call in. Meantime, let's have a chat with Richard Enlistool. Hi, good morning, Richard. Good morning, Frank. Good oh, morning, oh, uh, Charlie. Good morning, Richard. We're in Perth. I live in Perth County, and we got lots of snow. But I was just cleaning my desk out, and I found a little poem. It's short. It's about roses, and I thought uh, you'd like to hear that. Love roses, to. queen of the flowers. Oh, mm -hmm. great! Though some are poor and some are rich, it doesn't matter which is which. Though men are brave and women fair, we grow the same roses everywhere. Oh. Well, that's kind of cute. And that cute. is by Reginald Arkell. 
and you gave full credit. Well, that's good. That's well, I thought maybe you'd like to hear that little story. Yeah, that that's was cool. very nice. Good of you very to, nice. to share that so with we us. We listen to you all the time, and you're really great, Frank, on the radio, and so are you, Charlie. But we, <laughs> we've been listening to the AM740 for 10 years, I guess, ever since it started. Well, isn't that yeah, wonderful? It's a really good show. And nice. So I better go, and thank you very well, much. Well, bless your heart. Take thank care of Listool so for us and, now. And good for uh, you cleaning up your desk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to take lessons from me. I'm not doing very I'll well in that department. <laughs> take Bye-bye. care. Richard. Oh, and that a cute little call, huh? That was great. Yeah. Well, you know, it's that time of year, Creative, right? Creative, yeah. But cleaning up, you know, mm-hmm. it's the sun is out. The day is bright. I think people are getting energized. They're yeah, feeling yeah. that longer day. They're choking that, up some of that vitamin D. That's right. Yeah. The intensity of the sun has increased, so everybody's getting energized. They're, you know, yeah, I right. like that. I'm liking this a lot. All right, a <laughs> couple of things to report back on. Yes. Okay, remember last week we talked about the cast iron plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had had an email from one of our listeners, uh, John, and he asked about his aspidistra, whose name happens to be Albert, uh, but the common name is, yeah. is Cast Iron. So he heard, he heard the response last week, and he emailed again, yeah. and he says, you know, Happy New Year. Thanks for the repotting information, because we talked about repotting. Uh, he says, I will get at it in March and use store-bought potting soil. Good idea. Then he says, or a pail of earth from the old family farm. No, not a good idea. That's why I wanted to bring this up. Never, ever, ever use soil from the ground to pot up a plant into a container. You know, topsoil and soil in the garden is garden soil, and it should stay there. Potting soil, on the other hand, is different, and that's what we use in our pots. So never take garden soil and put it in a pot and expect the plant to thrive. So that's my real my real message back to John. If you're listening again this week, I hope you are. Don't use a pail of earth from the family farm. Now, nice little sidebar. This is we're having a lot of little stories today. Uh, John's sidebar says, "I've had this plant, okay, this cast iron plant, for about a dozen years or so." But he's been in the family since the 1880s. You are joking. When he came with great grand folks on a ship from England. He bloomed once in the, in the mid-50s when we moved to Williamsburg, Ontario, and the house next door had a suitable mate. Mother was thrilled. Alas, I have no memory of the flower. Overwinter in my old dry place here results in six or eight dry dead leaves, but Albert recovers nicely outside from May to September. Isn't that something? Isn't that 1880. Yeah. Wow. How's that? It's for? almost as old as you. <laughs> Oh, heritage piece. Oh man! And, and you say I, I'm like giving you our time. <laughs> okay, um, we're off and running. Uh, see, I'm, I'm switching things here quickly away from yeah, me. Uh, I noticed. <laughs> hello, Hutch in Toronto. How are you this morning? Good morning, folks. Happy New Year. And to you. And to you as well. Good morning, Hutch. I have a, I have a question, Charlie, about a mm-hmm. perhaps moving a snowberry shrub. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, when and how? Uh, would, I, would I root prune it in the spring and move it in the fall? Well, how, is it a really big old shrub? Well, it's certainly old. Um, wouldn't call it too big. Um, and it looks like it's throwing out little uh, juniors. Uh, I believe uh, it. It would. It would do that? Okay. Yeah. The, it, what it would do is little little stems grow off the root. We call those suckers. So if the original plant is quite obvious where that is, yeah. but there's little tiny new plants, juniors, coming off the sides, that's your far, by far your easiest way to move the plant, is move a junior into, the, into a new location rather than trying to move the main plant. If it's been there for more than... 
Well, yeah. more than 10 years, for sure I wouldn't try and plant 90, it. I'm going to say 90, but... It could be. Yeah, don't. It's, you won't, <laughs> your chance of success is very low. It's going to be a very old, it's going to be you know very woody plant, yeah. woody roots, woody, woody crown, yeah. uh, which is not very vigorous growth, and so it will be very hard for the plant to thrive at that point. Okay, so so attack one of these little junior fellows. Yeah, the little junior fellows, all you need is a sharp spade. Yep. Or sharp trowel, but a spade is easiest. Mm-hmm. And you're going to slice into the ground yeah. with your sharp spade, you know, vertically straight down. You're going to sever the root that is underground there. Yeah. And when you dig down beneath Junior, Junior's going to come up with a piece of root attached and that little piece of stem attached. You're will I, will take I do that. that in the spring? Yes, once the ground is workable and no longer soggy and is when, when you do that. when do I move them, right? Straight away? Yeah, or? yeah just to have a plan where you're going. Yeah. Have a, a, um, you know, a hole prepared. Have some good organic matter on hand as part of the, tr- uh, the planting process. I like to use um, a transplanter fertilizer or a, something called quick start is a good example of one of the fertilizers. Even bone meal works. Anything that's high phosphorus, just to give the, the roots a little extra uh, feeding and uh, encouragement so that you have the, the plant will take and, and move into its new location quite happily and quickly. Okay, it's on the south side now. Mm-hmm. Uh, duplicate that. Uh, so you know what? Snowberry can grow just about anywhere you want it to grow. Oh, wonderful. Sun wonderful. or shade, dry or wet. Wow. It's a really, okay. really versatile plant. Yeah, it's hardy. Oh, yeah. Charlie, thanks very much. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for your call. All the best. Bye-bye. There's Hutch in Toronto. Snowberry shrub. Yep. Hmm. Well, what does it look like? Okay, uh, it looks a lot like a spirea, but it's called snowberry because it gets white berries. And it will grow in the shade, which is kind of neat because in the deep, dark shade in the summer, yeah. you know how it just tends to be a black hole yeah, yeah, when yeah. the sun is out and the shade is all dark? Snowberry gets these little pink flowers, then it gets white berries. Yeah. And the white berries literally glow from the shade. Well, now, so that, they're, they're that neat. sounds like something neat for somebody's backyard. That's right, because hmm. you're always looking for nice ornamental plants for shady spots. Right. Because uh, mm-hmm. it tends to be, you know, bare earth in a lot of situations or, you know, slug-eating hostas in our shady spots. So it's nice to have something different in there. Uh, looking at the clock in the wall, hey, time's repping by here. This is 9.33 already. And we're going to uh, say hi to George in just a moment. I just want to repeat the phone numbers. We do have now another couple of lines open there. 416-360-0740. That's uh, for everyone in Toronto and elsewhere in the province at Toll free number for you, 1-866-740-4740. Okay, George, Richmond Hill, hi there. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, George. How are you? I'm well, and yourself? Oh, can't complain. Good. <laughs> I have a couple of potted roses I bought in the summer. Mm-hmm. Put them in the side flower bed on the east side of the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was yellow, one was orange. They flowered beautifully. And towards the end of the summer, I got black spots on the leaves. Mm-hmm. What do I do? Well, you you have a disease that's commonly called black spot. Mm -hmm. Now, some roses are more susceptible than other roses to black spot. Black spot is a fungal disease. Mm -hmm. It literally starts as little yellow, tiny spots that get bigger and bigger and eventually turn brown and then black. Mm -hmm. The leaves will will be annihilated or die from this fungus. They'll sort of shrivel up, fall to the ground. Yes. So a couple things you can do. Well, number one, you can't control the weather. We had a very wet summer, wet 
uh, gloomy, cloudy conditions are the perfect conditions for fungal diseases. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we saw fungus on plants last summer that we don't normally see fungus on. So last year's not a good uh, summer to judge the actual susceptibility of the two varieties of roses that are new for you. Um, But just know in the back of your mind that if this is an ongoing problem with these roses, even though you love the yellow and the orange aspect of them, you may need to replace them or you may want to replace them with varieties that are more resistant to black spot just to avoid the hassles that the, oh, and the okay. ugliness of black spot. So in the meantime, two things. One is you've got them in the east, so they're getting lots of morning sun. Yes. Uh, make sure they're getting as much air circulation as possible because good air movement helps to keep fungal diseases at bay. Okay. Number two. It's all about hygiene, good garden hygiene. Mm-hmm. If there's leaves on the ground now, under the snow right now probably, but will emerge in the spring from last year that have black spot spores on the leaves, they will be there in the spring to germinate and splash up onto the new leaves and yeah. thus perpetuate the cycle of black spot. Actually, so, I cleaned them all up this fall before I covered them up. Excellent. So that's a great idea. Whenever you see disease leaves on roses, never just let them drop to the ground. Always, always remove. One of the things I find works really well with roses as well is mulch on the soil at the base of the roses. And I use the big nugget chunky bark mulch beneath my roses. And the reason I do that is when the rain drops, hit the soil, if there's any kind of fungal spores in the soil, there's not that splash back up onto the plant if there's mulch there. Because mm-hmm. mulch just stops the wa- the water dead in its tracks. Whereas if it's naked earth, this splash back up, you'll often just, again, perpetuate oh. fungal diseases. So mulch is a great way to, to help avoid as well. Okay. Um, bottom line, uh, sulfur is, the, is what's available to you as a fungicide if you want to consider uh, using um, you know, a, a preventative spray. Yes. Garden sulfur. Mm-hmm. It's, it comes in a liquid spray form, and you will spray that on, or it comes okay. in a powdered form, and you can mix it up and spray it on to prevent black spot. Okay. So sometimes, you know, it's, it, you don't eradicate that problem, but you prevent it. That's the problem with fungal diseases. Now, come spring, should mm-hmm. I cut those right back? Oh, I would. Yep, they're hybrid teas, I assume. Yes, yep. they are. Yep, right down to your ankles. Right down to the ankles. Yep, or about two, three inches tall. <laughs> okay. And remember that, that shape of a rose, right? It's a wide open hand that you're yep. pruning it to, into the shape of mm-hmm. so that the first growth will take place to the outside of the fingers. Okay. So buds to the outside. And Very good. encourage open growth, good air circulation, good sun. You'll have far fewer diseases. Okay, then. All right. I appreciate that. Give me a call if you have any problems. I certainly will. <laughs> Thanks, Thank George. Thank you very much, George. Uh, you're listening to the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show here at AM 740. And uh, just before we go back to a call uh, from Joyce in King City, a little note that Grace has forwarded to us here in the studio. Is Snowberry a perennial or an annual? Someone. Okay, so it is a that? shrub. So it is a woody plant, which is a perennial, but it's a woody perennial as opposed to a herbaceous perennial. Here we go. Make some notes here. This is herbaceous. It's going to be a test later. I'm putting that in my book. (laughs) Herbaceous perennials are the ones that, like peonies or black-eyed Susans, Mm -hmm. that grow up and they're beautiful in our gardens all through the spring, summer, and fall, but then they disappear in the winter. 
only the root is alive below ground. There's no growth above ground. Got hostas. They're mm-hmm. all herbaceous perennials. Come spring, they grow up again from the root. Woody perennials are ones that we see their woody branches all winter standing up above the snow. There's no leaves on them. They're, they're dormant. The root is alive, but there's those long-term branches sticking up. Very well explained. Thank mm, you very my much. pleasure. Yeah, okay, yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, so snowberry. <laughs> you, I, you didn't take notes, though. <laughs> you could almost see the hand going dismissive, you know. Away, away with you, sous chef. <laughs> sous chef, you didn't take notes. And I'm telling you, there will be a test later. Uh, the proper name for snowberry, for anybody out yes. there who liked my description of how it grows in so many different locations, Symphoricarpus. Mm. So S Y M as in mother, P H O R sim four I, and then carpus C A R P, like the fish carp, or like the Canadian Association of Retired People O S Symphora carpus. So that's snowberry. It is a native plant. The Symphora carpus alba, the white berry form, uh-huh. is native to uh, North America to Canada. At Tough, hardy to zone two. Uh, wonderful. Like I said, it's you know pink flowers, big berries in August. Birds love them. The one little addendum I will mention, though, the white berries are poisonous to people. Oh. So if yep. you have small children in the family or <clears throat> dogs not that a good idea. chew on the garden plants, yeah. don't put that plant in your garden because uh, they're, they're not highly poisonous. You're not going to, like, drop over dead just looking at them. But, yeah, if you... If you yeah. Ingest. Yeah. Ingested a bowl of them, you would you'd <laughs> want to be probably having some help to deal okay. with your stomach pain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just see all the folks out there keeling over <laughs> no. come spring, thanks to Charlie Dobbin. Just and her, don't yeah. eat the berries. Okay. Who eats white berries? Well, not Blueberries, me. maybe, but no, not white ones. No, and, I, I, um, I, sorry, but the birds are fine with them. The birds okay. handle them, no problem. <laughs> not weird, huh? Well, uh, Joyce in King City, hold on tight, okay? We'll be right back to uh, catch your call in just a moment here in the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. First, these words. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Through rainy days and long droughts, infestations and early frost, she's the one constant in your garden. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Yes, Frank Proctor here and delighted to be working with the diva of dirt, uh, the lovely and talented, <laughs> might I might I say, and beautiful too. Oh, thank you Charlie so Dobbin. much. Yeah. Gosh, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you saw through my ruse. Okay, uh, Joyce in King City. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Morning, Joyce. Good morning. Um, I have a mandevilla, mm-hmm. and um, it is so buggy, I, mm. I'm i on the verge of heaving it. Mm. Tell me about the bugs. Well, they're so tiny, you can hardly see them, and I, I, I presume they're white. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're just completely covered on the mm. leaves. And I have, I did spray it in the fall with trounce, but mm-hmm. somehow I felt that sort of burnt. Mm-hmm. The leaves, you probably saw some browning afterwards on the leaves. That's right. Tell me, the little white uh, insects that you're seeing, do they fly? Do they have wings? No, if... they just seem to be there. Okay, so they're not moving around. No. Do you see any evidence of webs, any like spidery type no, webs? No, there's, there's just nothing. There's just all these little tiny things on the leaves. And the white the little things that you're seeing, do they look a little bit on the puffy side, a little bit sort of like almost like little tiny pieces of cotton? Um, no. No? 
That's aphids, isn't it? No, the, it's a mealy bug. It tends to look like little puffy white things. And it's the bug is underneath a waxy coating. They they protect themselves with a little white well, these are fuzz. Just, I, they're just so tiny. Hmm. And they're just covered everything. Hmm. Tiny but not flying. They're not flying. They're not moving. So if you banged the side of the pot right now, nothing would, would fly away. It would all just stay right there. No, they just stay right there. Um, okay, so what I would do if I were you now, it could be that you've got aphids. It could be that you have, um, see, if you had white fly, which is very common on our tropical plants, the eggs are small, almost white, almost see-through, but the adults do have wings, so you would see them flying around. Uh-huh. Mealybug are very white and don't fly, but do look a little on the fuzzy side. Um, the trick for you is to use a product that I recommended for somebody a couple of weeks ago. It's actually out there probably under more than one name, but I think you'll find it made by uh, the company called Safers that makes Safer soap. I'm sorry, I didn't quite hear that. <clears throat> Have you ever heard of Safer's soap? Well, oh, Safer soap. Right, and you know Trounce. Trounce uh-huh. is made by the same Safers people. Okay, there's another product they make called End All. So E N D A L L. End all. Uh-huh. That's what the product that I would use on your mandevilla, but make sure you follow the directions. You're going to need to spray more than once. I would also do some trimming or pruning of the plant before I sprayed because you're going to find that most of those insects are on the tips or the newest growth. Uh, and by cutting that away carefully, putting the, the cuttings, the prunings into garbage bags, tying it up, Get it outside into the nice cold. <laughs> They'll yeah. die outside when it's 20 <laughs> below. No problem. Uh, but, of course, so with the plant. So you can't put the plant out. But do keep, you know, keep the main stump, if you will, of the plant. But take off a, a good one-third to half of the uh, top growth of the plant. I see. And then spray with this end-all product as per the directions. And I Thank think you'll be able to control the bug. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Good luck with that, Joyce. Joyce in King City. Because uh, ma- mandevillas are pretty. Yeah. They're, they, you know, it's, obvi- it's a tropical plant. Yeah. It's to go outside in the summer. But they come in pink. They come in red. They have a, a tubular-shaped flower, you know, horn-shaped. Uh, mm. But hummingbirds love them. Oh, so yeah. if you'd like to attract... Yeah, you want to attract hummingbirds, get a couple of mandevillas, spot them around in a sunny spot. Oh, that, that's going to be good for our balcony then. I Absolutely. Think, huh? oh, s- well, which direction does your balcony face? Uh, Morning sun, afternoon sun, any sun. I'm trying to think. (laughs) You know, just tell me by the sun. Yeah, um, it faces uh, to the west. So you get the late day sun, Mm -hmm. then it comes in the balcony. Yep. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Oh, hey. Perfect. We're away for that. Yep. Okay. We'll get you I'll, set up. I'll get you. I'll get you to help me with that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, right. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I can do that. Okay. Hey, let's see. I'll be I, the brains. Uh, you be the brawn. It'll well, work. Well, of course. Yeah, of course. We'll just you know you Lord can haul it up to the balcony. <laughs> Here she goes again. Just when she had me on her side again. Oh, <laughs> woman drives me nuts. Uh, Betty in Belleville. Hi. How are you? I am fine. Morning. Sorry, I wanted to ask you about my calancho. Mm-hmm. A double yellow calancho. Lovely, yep. And I bought it at Canada Blooms last year, a tiny little plant, and Mm -hmm. it was blooming beautifully then. And it's a huge plant now, but I can't make it bloom again. 
getting calancho to rebloom can be a bit tricky. Main thing is, uh, is, is it getting kind of tall and spindly, or is it still nice and small no, and it's compact? Just, it's bushy and full. Okay, perfect. So what you're going to do is keep it in the sunniest spot that you've got all this winter yeah. in your home on the window ledge. It can be like right on a window ledge. It's, as long as the leaves aren't touching the, the glass, it's okay in the cool spot that the, the window provides. But it needs lots of sun. Um, obviously only watering when it's dry. Starting in late February, early March, it'll be time to start fertilizing the calancho. Oh, I shouldn't be giving it fertilizer now? Not so much, no. No, you don't need to be fertilizing it through the month of January, but you certainly, like I say, by mid to late February, time to start with your fertilizer. And what I do is I I would get that calancho outside once we're frost-free. Yes, I had it outside last summer. uh Uh-huh, and it bloomed probably last summer. No, it didn't. It hasn't bloomed since, oh, since, it was, since I brought it home. It finished I th- blooming that first time. Yeah, you're just taking too good of care of it. So what oh. you need to do is give it a little more neglect. It needs to be a little more stressed than it currently is. That's my kind of plant. I yeah, like this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So oh, really? <laughs> too much love and you get too many leaves. So, I mean, you can talk to it and send it good vibes, but don't be giving it too much water or any fertilizer. Uh, and that will just put it a little more on edge and is more likely to produce some flower buds. Now, it probably won't produce any flower buds for the next two or three months. But I would oh. expect it to be blooming by, by May or June at the latest. But, of course, you'll have it outside by, right. you know, end of April, yeah. early May probably, or mid-May, uh, once we're frost-free. But it should flower again, no problem. Okay, Just good. Betty, Thank you. be looking after it so well. Yeah, but <laughs> you've got to keep in touch with this now. We want to find out the blooms in Belleville there, uh, when they happen. Yeah, if they, okay. let us know. If they happen, they will yeah, happen. they will happen. Yeah, okay. Thank you. I hope so. Thank okay. you very much. Well, All right, good morning. Do you, well, do you remember, Frank, you gave me, I always remind you about this. Remember yes. you gave me that little orange flowering yes. plant? That was a calancho. Oh, and I, little thing. it yeah. was beautiful, and it was flowering when you gave it to mm-hmm. me. I took it home. I sort of tucked it into a spot near my side door and forgot about it. And that was the first time I've ever had a calancho rebloom all by itself because I ignored it. I didn't really ever water it, and it wasn't getting any rain where it was located, yep. and it just was a little on the dry side. And it's it finished flowering, and it started flowering all over again. So it did very very well for me, and that was my first time indoors. I've never had calancho rebloom. You do have to get them outside, I think, to get them to rebloom. Well, remember the little gift you gave me, and I left it on a bus. Yeah, well, I <laughs> oh, wasn't going to mention that. Yeah, it was, went way out east somewhere. Holy oh, cow. I hope it gone. gave somebody some mm. beautiful tomatoes. That me. was a really good uh, tomato plant. <laughs> Why did I bring that up? I don't okay. know. Okay, uh, phone, Here, well, yes. can you want to give the phone numbers because yeah, I want to share something good with you. We have to, we have to take you. a little break. Can we oh, hold on to that point. thought yes, for a moment? Okay. Yes. Without our sponsors, we're nothing. Okay. So, 416 Three six zero zero seven forty. Anywhere else in the province, one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Grace has some work to do here, and we'll be back in just a moment on the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show, AM seven forty. Transplanting good ideas from one gardener to another. This is the AM seven forty Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Well, I bet you Betty is on the line. We've had. Uh, uh, t- Last caller Betty was Betty. From Belleville. Yes. Now we're going to say hi to Betty in Richmond Hill. Hello, Betty. Good morning, Betty. Hi. Um, I love your show. Thank you. Um, I have a flowering maple, mm-hmm. and um, I wondered if I'm doing something wrong because it is completely in bloom. 
<laughs> no, you're not doing anything wrong. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, will, it, will it flower in the summer again? Yeah, it will. They they can flower year round. Oh, can they? What, what's probably happened is you had it outside in the summer. I did. And a flowering maple, just Frank, so he, mm-hmm. he knows what we're talking about, is a tropical plant. It's not really a maple. No, it just it looks like a maple. And it gets lovely bell-shaped flowers uh, that kind of hang on it. Now, it probably all those flower buds were initiated in the fall. As the days were getting shorter, all those buds were formed. Mm-hmm. You brought it in. It's been happy where you've got it, flowering like crazy. It is. What you'll probably want to do, is it perhaps needing some pruning before it goes out this spring, knowing right. that it grows two feet a year? How much? Uh, I would be inclined. It just depends. Like if it's a little plant, maybe it's not a big deal. No, but, it's about two foot. Right. And it's going to grow another two feet this summer if you don't prune it in the spring. And it'll be four feet tall trying to bring it in in the <laughs> fall, <laughs> which you won't be able to bring in. And then you'll be cutting it down in the fall and then you won't get the blooms next winter. Oh, I see. So in order to have the blooms next winter, what I would do if I were you is eh, mid-March, late March, even early April. Kind of depends when it's finished its blooming or slowed down with its blooming. Mm-hmm. Get out your, your shears mm-hmm. and just shear the whole thing down to half its height. Oh, Bring right. it right down to a foot tall and then be ready to go outside with it again when once we're frost free. Fertilize it, water it, do all the good things that you did all last summer. Do that this summer. And then it'll only be, you know, two and a half feet tall <laughs> come <laughs> yeah. September when it's time to bring it in. And it'll be nice and bushy as well because the pruning, oh, good, the good. pruning will help it. I just panicked a little bit because I thought if it's blooming so beautifully now, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it won't bloom in summer. Ah, sure it will. It you will. just keep doing all that good care that you're doing, and it will bloom again in the summer. Oh, okay. Thank you very okay. much. <laughs> you're Thank welcome. you, Betty. Wow, uh, it's it's a Betty. Uh, it's a bevy of Bettys this morning. Oh, listen Betty to you. in Port Colborne is uh-huh. on the line. How about that? Three in a row. Hello, Betty. How are you? Good morning. I'm fine. Morning, uh, Charlie. I would like to know what I do with my hydrangea plants. These they, are sorry, I the have ones with the big three of them. Uh-huh. One gets no sun. Uh-huh. And I wondered how I cut them back. All right, okay, so all three of them are outside in the ground. They're hydrangea shrubs. Yes, they are. Big white ball-shaped flowers. Big burden. White ball. No, they're pink. pink. Well, I try to turn them, but they don't always turn. Okay. So what you do is in the spring, once the because you left them alone in the fall, right? There was no pruning in the fall. No. Perfect. In the spring, once we start to get the birds are singing in the plants are starting to grow, you'll keep an eye on the stems of the hydrangea and you'll watch to see what's dead and what's alive on the stems from last year. Okay. All you're going to cut away is the dead growth. So now, sometimes... The dead ones would be the white ones that no bugs are coming on? That's right, exactly. They okay. will have no... They'll have, all of them will have these little bumps on the stems, mm-hmm. but only some of them will have green buds and green leaves. T- like li- They start as little tiny leaves right. as they start to grow. And what you want to do is cut down to where the green leaves start. Everything oh. else you cut to the ground. Okay. That's what you do with your hydrangeas. That's it. All right. Yep. It's that simple. Oh, of course, a little fertilizer or a nice top dressing with manure is a good idea as well, just to give them a little boost of energy. That's what you do in the spring. Okay. Thank you very much. You're thank very you, Betty. You're welcome. And uh, that pretty well wraps up the calls, but we do have a special announcement about next week, huh? We do. Thank you for reminding me. Next week, we will be joined uh, over the phone by an orchid hobbyist. Her name is Barbara Lee, and she doesn't consider herself an expert, but she knows an awful lot about orchids. So for those of you that have been dying to ask orchid questions, 
t- you know, next week is the week to call, uh, and we'll have uh, Barbara on at about 8.30. So if you want to even try and call between 8 and 8.30 and then listen up for some of the, the answers to your questions when Barbara's on, that should work perfectly. Well, there you go. And we, uh, of course, issue the uh, invitation to each and every one of you to join us again next week. Fragrant Frank here. Hello. <laughs> Fragrant Frank. <laughs> I just thought of that. But that's so silly. Uh, <laughs> and Charlie. Wacky Frank. Uh, yes. And, um, yes, myself. And thank you, everybody, for your great calls and all your you know good questions. And yeah, good poetry. Funny. I love well, that. Uh, that's neat. Yeah, keep it coming. You got it. We're having some it. fun here, and we like it when you're having fun with us. Exactly. See you next week. Okay, Charlie. See you next week. And Grace, thank you for the good job again. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at nine on Zoomer Radio, the new AM seven forty. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.